0: ESPN Radio. Get your fours up, Harry. We in the fourth quarter. This is ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus. I am Chris Candy, rocking with Harry Douglas. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Candy Calling Line, eight 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 ESPN. That's eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. And Harry, the news of the day is Aaron Rodgers. Man, he set Instagram on fire last night to the tune of 366,000 likes on his post where he says, gratitude is the wine for the soul, so go on, get drunk. And then he proceeds (laughs) to post a picture of his ex-fiancee, Shailene Woodley, along with pictures of his past and current teammates with the Green Bay Packers. And it all seemingly leads us to speculate about what Aaron Rodgers' future is going to be. And I, for one, thought it was a precursor to him making an announcement today on his appearance on the Pat McAfee show at one o'clock, giving us more insight about his football future. But Harry Aaron Rodgers had other plans. Here's Aaron Rodgers today on the McAfee show on his cryptic social media post.
1: Unless you've gone through certain experiences um, and had, you know, uh, frustration and and been near the bottom and then get near the top and understand the, uh, the beauty in life. And uh, I think that's, then you might say things about that. That's a cryptic message. I mean, there's nothing cryptic about gratitude. So when i come out, I first time intense gratitude for the people in my life. And that's not every person in my life that I mentioned. And, and there's other people to, to highlight in the credit, but that was just where I was at. I was going through some old pictures from the last year and felt an intense amount of gratitude Uh, for the life that I have and for the lessons that I've learned and the growth that's happened over the last year and the people who've been a part of that uh, that journey.
0: Harry, all of that sounds good, all (laughs) of that's cool, but Aaron Rodgers knows that the football world is waiting on him to make a decision that he told us wasn't going to take a whole lot of time. He drops this post on IG, and we're all thinking, okay, the announcement is coming soon. And now he's sitting back and saying, no, 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 you guys all got to wait for it still. I haven't quite made up my mind yet. Just doesn't seem fair to me, but maybe that's just me.
2: Chris, everybody knows that Aaron Rodgers has to give. You know you know the song that Jalen and Jacoby come on to? You got to give the people what they want. <laughs> Stop being deceitful like you was with the vaccination situation. Mm. Stop being deceitful, man. You know what you're doing. You're reeling people in. You're reeling them, reeling them, reeling them to disappoint them. Just like you're disappointed in the divisional round against the 49ers.
0: Hello. All I'm saying is this, Harry. He says that it's important for him to make this, this decision in a timely matter because there are other considerations. There are teammates that are going to be affected by this. The organization undoubtedly is going to be affected by this. He doesn't want it to drag out like it did last offseason. And based on the cap situation for the Green Bay Packers, it effectively can't drag out because they're $48 million over the projected cap in 2022. So Aaron Rodgers has to come to some kind of decision or give the organization some kind of lean in the coming weeks because they've got to make some tough decisions when it comes to their core players And that's the part that gets me. If his teammates mean so much to him, if he's so grateful for the experiences that he's had with those guys, then to me that would signal that you want to afford everybody the most amount of time, the most runway, so they can go ahead and figure out what their football futures are going to look like because so much of it hinges on what you do and what you decide when it comes to your future with Green Bay.
2: And here's a prime example. Remember when Cam Newton got released from the Carolina Panthers? Yep, and they did it so late to her, to, to the point that where things were hard for him. Now, if they would have did it before free agency and gave him an opportunity to get a jump on free agency, that would have been great. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. Give the Green Bay Packers enough time to figure out what's going to come in the future for them and their ball club and their organization. That's all we're asking you to do. Don't drag them along. Don't drag the fans along. If you're going to move on, Tell everyone that you're going to move on. If you're going to stay with the Green Bay Packers, tell them that you're going to stay with the Green Bay Packers. And you can't just say you're going to rush this decision because if I'm not mistaken, didn't we go through this last offseason? were not we going through this the entire season? You had enough time to think about it.
0: I'm 1,000% in agreement with you. Here's Aaron Rodgers on the state of the relationship with him in the front office for the Green Bay Packers.
1: I wanted to have meetings with, uh, with Brian and uh, Ross and Matt uh, as well. And I would say the meetings were much different than they've been in the past in a positive way and that there was some real honest conversations that I appreciate. And I mentioned that, you know, at at the end of the year, and I talked a little bit about it, uh, you know, in the post MVP press conference.
0: Yeah, I mean, he says that they're in a better place in terms of the relationship. So why haven't the two decided that they're going to move forward together? That's the biggest question that I have. Last year, they weren't in a good space. The Packers made some concessions, shaved the year off of the contract that he had to give him the flexibility this offseason if he still wanted to leave. But if the relationship is has been repaired, if they're in a better spot, then why can't Aaron Rodgers commit to him? That's the part that I struggle to understand, and that's what makes me move closer to your position, Harry, about how Aaron Rodgers loves to keep the drama going. He, he wants to seem like a selfless guy when it comes to his decision-making, but ultimately this is about keeping the spotlight on him when he hadn't done anything in the postseason to deserve it to continue to be on him.
2: Chris, I got the perfect thing for this. You know what? Send Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers to marriage counseling. You know what? Nah. Send them to Dr. <laughs> Phil. Send him to somebody who so they can go ahead and get this thing out of the way so he can make a decision. Because I'll be honest to tell you, I'm like Ryan Clark. I'm sick of talking about this Aaron Rodgers stuff. He needs to make a decision so we can be done talking about it.
0: You know what, Harriet wears on you. And you made this parallel earlier, this comparison. You talked about, you know, an NBA superstar and how they could potentially wear on a franchise. Similar to what LeBron James is going through with the Los Angeles Lakers mm-hmm. and how that's wearing on that front office. Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss, et cetera, being upset about them not trading Russell Westbrook in a first-round draft pick to the Houston Rockets for John Wall. I mean, it's a similar thing in terms of the weight of that franchise player, the weight of Aaron Rodgers, and how the people in Green Bay have to seemingly bend over backwards in order to appease him. Now, I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is on LeBron James' level. That's not what I mean because that's not true. But what I do mean is that when you have a superstar talent, a guy that's capable of transforming the fortunes of any franchise around the National Football League, there does come along with it some of that baggage. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's not hes not apologetic for the bags. In fact, he makes it seem like the Green Bay Packers <laughs> should be fortunate enough to hold his bags because he's bestowing <laughs> his good graces on that team. And I think that's the part that could wear a little bit thin, and that's the part that, that gets interesting when it comes to what the prospects of him coming back will actually really look like.
2: I think baggage is the perfect term that you put when you, when, when you ride first class on the airplane, right, Chris, they, they let you check three bags for free. Aaron they let Rod- you check three bags? Yeah. Nah,
0: I mean, you must be flying private. They don't let me check three Ooh. bags. I only get to check two bags.
2: Well, I'm diamond, Chris. But oh, you know, see, but, excuse but, me. But Aaron Rodgers, has, he has 15 damn bags.
0: A lot of, it's a lot of bags. They it's only a give lot you bags. three. He
2: got 15 of them.
0: But you know what? Here's the thing, Harry. It's a lot of bags, but the organization, after they made that terrible blunder with not communicating about drafting Jordan Love, at every step of the way, they've shown Aaron Rodgers that they're willing to commit to him. Mm -hmm. They're willing to give him a contract restructure. They're willing to back him when he was out of bounds with the whole COVID mess and saying immunize and jeopardizing the media members that were covering the team by not wearing a mask when they were in that indoor setting. All of those instances, they backed him. They even brought back his former quarterback coach in Tom Clemens. Yes. And they said, this is going to be the guy just so you can be comfortable. We'll trade for Randall Cobb. We want <laughs> you to be comfortable. They're basically saying at every single turn over the last couple of years, away from siding, siding, drafting Jordan Love, they have basically said, we're willing to do whatever it takes. And yet here we are, a year and a half into this thing, and Aaron Rodgers still can't commit to the team Knowing the implications that it has for the organization, but also for the teammates that he says that he cares about, I don't know, man. But it just seems really, really selfish that Aaron Rodgers is continuing to drag this thing out. We'll see what happens. We'll see. He could make the announcement tomorrow. He could make it. Uh, he could make it on you know later back half of this week. But it just still in this moment seems selfish. After it felt like with the IG post and with the appearance today on Pat McAfee's show that we were leading to a decision being made. But speaking of decisions being made, we finally got a punishment for Jawan Howard and for Coach Greg Gard in that brawl between the Michigan basketball team and the Wisconsin Badgers. Harry and I'll have the latest on that and our thoughts on whether the punishment was severe enough. You're listening to ESPN Radio back after this. ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN app. Harry Douglas and Chris Candy. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Get at us on Twitter at ChrisCandy99, at HDouglas83. And Harry, we got the suspensions levied by the Big Ten against Michigan basketball head coach Jawan Howard as well as Wisconsin Badgers basketball head coach Greg Gard, and it was a $40,000 fine for Juwan Howard, a $10,000 fine for Greg Gard, and Wisconsin Athletic Director Chris McIntosh came out and said that he viewed the fine as a fine against Wisconsin Athletics because he did not believe that there was the intent to provoke any of the actions by the coaching staff or the student athletes from the Wisconsin side of things, and so they are going to assume responsibility and pay the fine for Greg Gard Now, I know both you and I have an issue with that. Harry, I just don't understand what message you're sending to the student-athletes in terms of responsibility and accountability for creating that ugly incident on Sunday afternoon following the game.
2: Yeah, when you look at the entire situation, you look at Greg Gard, everything popped off. And what I mean by popped off, because we have listeners that might not know what popped off mean. Everything (laughs) started because Greg Gard decided to stop um, Jawan Howard from going through the line, actually standing in front of him, putting his hands on him, grabbing his arm as well. Uh, that's that's on Greg Gard. Now, Jawan Howard, uh, his part in it was a little bit more serious, but at the same time, each individual played their role in this altercation going down. So for Wisconsin, the athletic director, to say this is a, 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 a fine for uh, the athletic department and they're going to take care of that is bush league in my eyes because you're going to tell me that a a head basketball coach at the college level can't pay a ten thousand dollar fine also that is that that's basically in my eyes enabling uh the situation and what happened uh, on greg guard's end now i do believe Krabenhoff as well i believe both of these guys should have at least got a game uh, i think them both getting off and just guard having the fine, I think it sends the wrong message. And if you're going to have those players be suspended, um, I think you need to have every coach that was involved in it be suspended as well. Uh, what Jawan Howard got five was five games. I thought that was necessary. I thought that was uh, the, the the right punishment. But guard, and I think Krabenhoff should have uh, at least got one game apiece as well. But when you look at Wisconsin, I don't think Wisconsin and their athletic department, especially the basketball team, wants to take responsibility for their actions and what the position that they played in this whole thing going down. And I think it's just sad because now um, we're not holding coaches accountable for their action. N- not all of them, right? Mm-hmm. We held Jawan Howard accountable, but a $10,000 fine, let's be serious. What is a $10,000 fine going to do to a head coach's pockets? at the college level of the D1 program, Chris. Yeah, it's
0: It's inconsequential, but it's something that Kevin Warren had to do. But the thing that I don't understand is why Wisconsin didn't take it a step further because just because the Big Ten decide to levy a punishment doesn't mean that the Wisconsin athletic director can't step in and take Greg Gard off the court for one game. And that's the part to me that is egregious in all of this. It feels like it's institutional gaslighting. And, Harry, we know what that is. It's making Jawan Howard seem like he was outside of his brain for having the reaction that he did in the handshake line. Well, we both know And looking at the situation, Greg Gard is the one that instigated the entire situation by putting his hands on Jawan Howard and not letting him execute what Seth Greenberg would call a blow-by. If Jawan Howard doesn't want to talk to you after the game – Sure, it doesn't necessarily seem like it's the best in terms of optics or sportsmanship, but that's Jawan Howard's right. He's a grown man. You can't impede his progress if you're Greg Gard. That's exactly what happened, which led to the sequence of events with Jawan Howard smacking Joe Krabenhoff, who, who came over, the assistant coach from Wisconsin. It led to the other assistant coach from Wisconsin having that ugly gesture after the brawl subsided. It led to multiple players deciding to throw punches from both sides. It was a scene that could have gotten a lot uglier. I'm thankful that it didn't. But at the same time, I think both head coaches should have done better in terms of acknowledging their part in creating that ugly scene. And I think both programs fell short in in doing such. Now, Jawan Howard did issue an apology, and I think it's important to read it, Harry, because I think he also fell short in that aspect as well. And this is Juwan Howard's words, and I quote, After taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realized how unacceptable both my actions and words were and how they affected so many, and I am truly sorry. I am offering my sincerest apology to my players and their families, my staff, my family, and the Michigan fans around the world. I would like to personally apologize to Wisconsin's assistant coach, Joe Krabenhoff and his family, too. Lastly, I speak a lot about being a Michigan man and representing University of Michigan with class and pride. I did not do that, nor did I set the right example in the right way for my student-athletes. I will learn from my mistake, and this mistake will never again happen. No excuses. Now, Harry, here's my problem with the statement from Jawan Howard. He didn't apologize to Greg Gard. That's a problem. The other issue is, He didn't get in front of a camera and express contrition and remorse. He did it in a statement. Those were two situations within this apology that could have been done better. And so if we're going to call this thing down the middle, if we're going to criticize Greg Gard and Chris McIntosh, the AD from Wisconsin, we got to criticize Jawan Howard and his apology because you got to do better, bruh. The gravity of this situation demands it. Because you got to be accountable to those young men. You got to model what it is to be a Michigan man. And damn it, if it means that much to you, then you step in front of a camera and you let everybody see your eyes and see how sorry you are, how remorseful you are, and how contrite you are with your heartfelt words. You don't do that in a statement where you continue to throw shade at the head coach that you were going up against in competition by not even acknowledging the man in your written apology. That's absolutely ridiculous, and you use the term Bush League. That's Bush League on behalf of Jawan Howard. And I'll say this, with the suspension for the remainder of the regular season, the five games is cool. I wouldn't have had a problem with Ward Manuel, the AD from Michigan, sitting him down for the rest of the year. That includes the conference tournament. And that includes a potential NCAA birth or an NIT birth. You know why? Because he needs to sit in that and understand how he compromised the young men in that locker room, not only with their physical well-being with the brawl, but also all of the effort that they put in this season, all of the hard work that they put in in order to make this team as good as it could possibly be. That's my issue with Juwan Howard. That's where he fell short. That's where I want to leave this conversation for now. Coming up next. Despite having a great season, I'll tell you why Joel Embiid is not my NBA MVP. But first, I got a word from eBay. When a part of your offense isn't firing on all cylinders, it shows. Maybe it's a drop ball. Maybe you just can't work your way down the field. When this happens, the only solution is to replace the part with something better. It's the same with your car, but unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts at the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has 122 million parts. That's a lot of parts. That way, you can get the parts you need to make your car a winner. Visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. More from ESPN Radio back after this. ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas and Chris Canny on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Hit us up on the Twitter at ChrisCanney99 and at HDouglas83. And Harry, we're on the other side of the All-Star break now with the NBA season, but before we can look forward to the end of the regular season in the playoffs, we have to look back at the moves that were made in the first half of the NBA regular season. And so that's got us thinking about what teams are going to be making moves as we gear up for the playoffs? Breaking Moves is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Build your winning team today. Go to LinkedIn.com slash sports. Okay, and so when you're thinking about that, what they're going to do in the future, you got to look at past performance. So this is the perfect time for NBA first-half superlatives. Before we saw the All-Star break, what teams were doing, what teams are the biggest surprises. i got to kick it over to my man Shannon so he can yep. get us teed up. All right, here we go. First category in our first half superlatives, biggest surprise. All right, Chris, what team do you have as the biggest surprise in the first half of the NBA season? Well, Shannon, it's got to be the Memphis Grizzlies, right? They were in the play-in tournament a year ago. They found their way into the playoffs only to get bounced in the first round in five games by the Utah Jazz, a team that really doesn't do any real winning once we get to the postseason. So I don't think anybody expected that the Memphis Grizzlies under Taylor Jenkins and led by John Morant, would be able to come this far this fast. But they have, and you've seen the development of guys like Desmond Bain. You've seen 3J balling out. They're really doing this without Dylan Brooks being available to them, which is even more impressive because that heightens the degree of difficulty. But this team is fearless. There's a reason why John Morant says they run up the chimney because they want all the smoke. This team plays with that type of mentality night in and night out. To me, the biggest surprise by far – this year in the NBA?
2: Chris, I love that pick, but I got one that I love even even better. Cleveland!
1: This one's for you!
2: A.K.A. LeBron, I'm going to go with the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is a team that went 22-50 and last year. They had the third pick in the NBA draft, and they selected a a young phenom in Evan Mobley. Now, you look at the emergence of a guy like Darius Garland. I like that. I like Jared Allen on the back end. I even like what he showed me in the All-Star game when Embiid tried to back him down. Uh Uh-uh. Get that stuff out of here, Mr. Embiid. So, I like where this young team is. And in the future, if they can continue to be... I'll say if they can continue to grow, maybe mm. a LeBron can be welcome back. Maybe wow. that might be the piece to get
0: wow. them over the
2: hump. Well, you know,
0: you know he said that door isn't closed. No. He said it's not closed. So no. we'll see what happens with that. Shannon, let's keep it pushing. All right. So if we're going to go in the penthouse with the biggest surprise, let's go to the outhouse with the biggest disappointment. Harry, what team do you have
2: as the biggest disappointment for the first half of the NBA season? Hello, Brooklyn. Hey, yo, Brooklyn. Hey, yo, Brooklyn. Hello, Brooklyn. Hey, yo, the Brooklyn Nets. Let's be serious. A team that had Kevin Durant coming into the season, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. This team had NBA championship aspirations. Are they gone? No, but I will tell you this. They're sitting right there at the eighth seed when a lot of people expected this team at this moment to be the one seed or the two seed. We still don't know if Kyrie Irving is going to be able to play in Brooklyn. James Harden is is no longer there. And just by the fact that James Harden wanted to get out of Brooklyn, it hasn't been going well this season. Not to mention, Kevin Durant isn't able to play right now because of injury. So when I look at this disappointment word, the Brooklyn Nets are right there.
0: So, Harry, let me ask you this question just as a follow-up. Are you saying that the Brooklyn Nets are not going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals? No, these are
2: superlatives. These are at the moment, right now. No, I know, I know these are
0: superlatives. I'm just saying, are you, are you saying that they're not going to get to the Eastern Conference Finals? I'm just asking.
2: No, I'm not saying that. But oh, also, okay. but but, but right. listen to me, Chris, really quick. Who won the NBA final ch- uh, finals last year? Oh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, they're not going nowhere. What about oh, the no, goons sure. down there, Per Kendrick Perkins in Dade County? Oh, them for bo- sure. Them boys ain't going nowhere. Oh, they're what they're about,
0: gonna be they they're gonna be around. They're about, gonna be around. What about Mr. Embiid? He's not going on well? They're they going to be around. They're going to be around. Okay. But I, okay. I will say this, the Brooklyn Nets are going to be around too. Okay. I'm You're just right saying. The You're Brooklyn right Nets that. are going to be right around. That, There's Chris. a reason <laughs> why they're tied with the Milwaukee Bucks as the odds-on favorite out mm-hmm. of the Eastern Conference to go to the NBA Finals. But for me, Harry, I'm I'm the resident Lakers fan on this show, so I have to express my, my displeasure, my disappointment in this team. This is an absolute disaster what happened to the Lakers this year and a lot of it has to do with the Russell Westbrook trade. Now I don't want to pin all of this on Russell Westbrook, but because he he didn't he didn't he wasn't the one that initiated the opportunity to get out of Washington. I'm I'm pretty sure that anybody if offered the opportunity to play in Washington or anywhere else in the NBA, they would choose anywhere else. It just so happens to be you could play with LeBron James in the LA Lakers with Anthony Davis and have title aspirations. And yet, this has not worked out the way that we thought it could. We were looking for somebody to be a, a primary ball handler when LeBron James is out of the lineup and somebody that could play alongside LeBron off the ball when he is. And Russell Westbrook just hasn't been able to find that chemistry with LeBron. And so, this has just been a disaster. And on top of it, you got rid of KCP and uh. you got rid of Kyle Kuzma, which are guys that would have helped this this current uh, rendition of the Los Angeles Lakers. So, I... I Listen, the highlight of LeBron James' season was All-Star Weekend when he hit the turnaround fadeaway over Zach Levine to win the game. That's going to be known as the highlight for his season. I don't even know if this Lakers team is going to make the playoffs. That's how bad they are.
2: To live and die in L.A. Yeah, it seems like it's going to be the <laughs> latter and not the former. <laughs> That's right. Keep
0: it moving, Shannon. All right, here we go. The big trophy here. Most valuable player. First half superlative. Harry, I'll actually start with you on this one. Who do you have for your NBA MVP
2: for the first half of the season? I have Mr. Embiid. Mr. Embiid, he's leading the NBA right now in scoring. You see what he do in the rebounding area. But I like his feet. He has those Akeem Olajuwon feet. Not just like Akeem, but it's similar to it. A big guy that can play with his back to the basket, face the basket, can step out to the three-point line, hit the trifector. I think he's above an 80% free throw shooter. You like that. I like Mr. Embiid. Plus, the most important thing I like the most, though, Chris, you play defensive line, he's a bully. He's a bully. He's big body in any and everybody. So I like Mr. Embiid. I just hope and pray that James Harden doesn't mess up Embiid's flow because right now he's the best player in the (laughs) NBA.
0: Well, here's what I will say. I will see your Embiid, and I will up you a Giannis, the Greek freak. He's still right there again. And I know there could be some fatigue because he's got multiple MVPs, and he just added a Larry O'Brien to the trophy case. But he's averaging the same amount of points per game as Embiid. He's averaging the same amount of rebounds as Embiid. And we're sitting here saying that we believe more in the Milwaukee Bucks prospects of winning an NBA championship over the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I know the supporting cast says a lot, too. And you're talking about having Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday versus Joel Embiid not having an all-NBA player in Ben Simmons for the entirety of the season. But – I look at what Giannis has been able to do, the evolution of his game, adding a J to the perimeter, adding that turnaround fadeaway. The guy is unstoppable. There's nothing that Giannis can't do with a basketball now at a high level in the NBA. So, to me, he's the MVP right now. I don't know that there is a single more valuable talent in the NBA than Giannis.
2: I just got to ask one question. They played before All-Star break, and Mr. M.B. got the best of them. Ah, he got the best of Here we go. He got the best You're them, right,
0: but I, I have a feeling that those two are going to match up again when it matters a little bit more. Yep. I'm just saying. But coming up next, slap hits home with the Candy family. I'll explain. You're listening to Harry Douglas, Chris Candy, ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Harry, you got some confessions to make?
2: They ain't staying. Them, them skeletons staying. Boy, where they at?
0: Okay, all de- right. I don't, I don't know what the, what the bump de- back music is, de- but that's a little dealing, strange. We li- the skeletons <laughs> up. Yeah, you're listening to Harry Douglas <laughs> and Chris Candy on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80 <laughs> and ESPN+. Plus. We're presented by Progressive Insurance, small business protection for more than vehicles with insurance expertise to keep your company moving forward. More at ProgressiveCommercial.com. And, Harry, it's been a blast having you on the show, and we got to give a shout out to the guests that came through on the show today to help us out. ESPN college basketball analyst Bob Valvano giving us his perspective on the suspensions for Juwan Howard and the Michigan players, as well as the fine on Wisconsin head coach Greg Gard. We also had Jesse Rogers, ESPN MLB reporter, giving us the latest on the CBA negotiations on that front. If you missed any of it, Go to the ESPN Radio podcast, download, rate, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it. But, Harry, we have now reached the portion of our show where it's time for us to go three and out.
1: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This is... Three and
0: And, Harry, before we start three and out, I have to give, I guess, a little notation. I I forgot our main man, ESPN Green Bay Packers reporter Rob Demosky, because he's really the real MVP for today Mm -hmm. with covering all of the stuff with Aaron Rodgers, the IG post last night where it felt like he was getting to the bottom of a bottle while he was going through all of these emotions, and then him jumping on the Pat McAfee show Talking loud but not saying much. Rod Damoski, one of the hardest working people at ESPN today, trying to explain the unexplainable when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. But I digress. Here's something that's easy to explain. It's equal pay when it comes for play with our national teams. And this in reference to the U.S. Women's National Team and the U.S. Soccer Federation settling an equal pay lawsuit for $24 million. The deal, which ends a contentious six-year legal battle, promises players $24 $24 million plus bonuses that match those of men. The players will split $22 million, which is about a third of what they sought in damages. And the USSF also agreed to establish a fund with $2 million for post-career support and charitable efforts. Now, Harry, I don't know about you, but when it comes to the national soccer teams, I mean, I know the names of the women's players. I know Megan Rapino. I know Carrie Lloyd. I don't know any of the men's players, so... It just seems fitting that the women would get equal pay because they're more prominent when it comes to their production on the national st- on the international stage as opposed to our men.
2: Yeah, Chris, and I'm glad that we're just at a point in our country where we. Have finally realized how amazing women are across the board, and like you just mentioned, I can't min- I can't name one guy from the men's team, <laughs> but the women's team, I know who they are. I will sit there and watch them play and root them on. Not saying I won't root for the guys, but I don't I don't watch the guys. I watch the women because they have represented our country so well for so many years.
0: No, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. And speaking of representing. We got to go to Connecticut, Harry, because we got somebody that's representing when it comes to wrestling. Now, I wasn't a wrestler. You know, a lot of football guys have a wrestling background, especially if you play on the lines. I didn't wrestle in the winter. I played basketball in the winter because I'm 6'8". That's what you do. (laughs) Wrestling is a sport of leverage. It's not a place for a 6'8 man. But apparently, it is a place for a young man that is blind. And this is about Connecticut State wrestler that wins the state championship. He's been blind in one eye since birth. Branford High sophomore Cole Snyder, who won the 170-pound Class M state championship, he says, it feels amazing. I've been dreaming this for my whole life. It's an amazing story, Harry, of being able to overcome adversity and just pursuing your dreams and not taking no for an answer and not being told what you can't do. And so shout-out to Cole Snyder for being able to step up and win the state championship for a 170-pound division. That's pretty damn impressive seeing as how he's blind in one eye to be able to get on the mat and get down and ultimately being able to hold up a trophy.
2: And, Chris, it's as simple as this. Just because you're blind don't mean you still can't have a vision. Mm. The Bible tells us "What there's no vision, the people will perish. Have your vision. That's where everything starts at. So shout-out to that young man for never thinking that – he can't do the impossible.
0: That's pretty cool, man. I mean, he's he's got a disability, and yet he still finds a way to be able to overcome it to the point that he's not only competing, but he's winning a state title. There, There is no other wrestler in his division that's better than him in that's the right. state of Connecticut. So, again, a big shout-out to Cole Snyder for making that happen and, and performing at that level. Now, Harry, <laughs> we got to get to a little bit of family business, man. And, and I put this off about as long as I could in today's show, just because it's 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 entertaining. It, it, it's somewhat embarrassing because we are talking about my family. So, uh, over the course of the last week, the video surfaced uh, about a man in South Carolina at an Applebee's who was seemingly enjoying his lunch, and then one of the other patrons yelled out a racial epithet toward him and a racial slur and it ended up leading or escalating to an altercation in which the patron that was offended decided to slap the man that used the racial slur 17 times. Well, Harry, the man that did the slapping in Applebee's, his name is Eric Canty. Uh And yes, you guessed it, he's related to me. My cousin, Eric Canty, is the one that now has been responsible for creating the quote-unquote slap-a-bees video. And I didn't find out about it. Now, it's funny because we were talking about Jawan Howard's situation yesterday, and I said he must have had his pregame meal at a Slapperbees, Having no idea that the person that was doing the slapping was related to me, <laughs> I get a text from my dad last night. He says, have you seen this video of your cousin going crazy in Applebee's in South Carolina? I said, no. And then I looked at the video, and it's, of course, the slap Man video. So that is my cousin, Eric Canty. And now the family not only has a GoFundMe, which is raising over $20,000 for his legal defense fees, but now they've come up with the slap t-shirts that, that they are going to make available for sale. So... My family seemingly profiting off of the Slapabees venture. It's not my proudest moment, but as you see, I am repping on ESPN (laughs) Plus with the uh, with the uh, the can'ty the can'ty rocking that Slapabees T-shirt. So, Harry, it's not my finest moment, not my family's finest moment, but it's one of those things that had to go down with the racial slur. It's kind of one of those situations you open yourself up to it, and it went down in a way that you didn't anticipate. What well, what's going down next is Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Get ready for that Locked and Loaded.